Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today my guest is Caleb, the author of Sojourn. Welcome. Thanks, Logar. Good to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. Now, I, I've been looking over Sojourn. Is this like there's a site we can go to, sojournrpg.net. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the game's just kind of there laid out. You can get the whole game there. Is that correct? Right now, it's essentially the ba- the basic quick start rules, which are up on there. But I do I do attend pretty soon on having the entire system on there, fully hyperlinked. You can use the entire portal for that. Uh, the PDF version of the book is hyperlinked in a similar way too. But I mean, the main difference is good. Just going to be the the, diff- the it doesn't have the layout and illustrations and all that when you go on the web page. But oh, I see. yeah. What is Sojourn? Okay, so Sojourn is a system, uh, bear with me here, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> between a, a, retro, a retro clone, a glog, and a new school RPG. There, there is even some powered by the apocalypse DNA in there. But my goal was to create a system that is doing one of those bridging the gap kind of things between new players entirely, 5e players, to old school play and procedures. I had a lot of really, really good sources of inspiration over the year. I think probably the biggest was the the Five Torches Deep project. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I should know the author's. I'm familiar yeah. with its existence. I've discussed mm-hmm. it with a few folks on here. I have not yet picked it up or flipped through it or taken a look at it. So I don't know how it runs or anything like that. I, from what I understand, it's a fifth edition approach to doing an old school game kind of. I would almost characterize it um, the the other way around. Uh, uh, it's uh, by Ben and Jessica Dutter, and it's I th- I think sort of taking like an old school approach to presenting five E and okay. to saying what can we do with this system to make it. Um, I would I think uh, that the goal the goal of five, five Torches Deep is getting that old school flavor and compatibility in there, making it something that allows you to do the procedures, the things that really define old school play. I was kind of trying to go the other way around. I was trying to take all the really, really interesting stuff I saw coming out of the glog scene, especially, and the things what's, that player. What's, yeah, the, yeah. what's the what's the glog scene? Am I, am I... The the Goblin Laws of Gaming by Arnold K. Uh, started. I'm with this. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. Wow. Okay. We got to. I got to get them. I don't even know how to begin to summarize the glog. There are there are some wonderful articles and blog posts that do that. Um, but it all began with a, a post back in 2016 on the Goblin Punch blog by Arnold K, which was, um, I believe that was the very first one, which is really, it, it's really a system focused on creating these, on creating playbooks and, and procedures that fit your table, that fit, you, you could almost see like a parallel thing with FKR, with the free Kriegspiel revival going on of inspired by that, inspired by like apocalypse world playbooks. How do we create these packages and tools that allow every table, every GM, every set of players to build uh, the game that they want, the world that they want, and to really be able to have all sorts of interesting mechanics in there that don't break the rest of the system that can each stand on their own and then create something really cool and varied together. So there's a lot of that here and there's a fair bit that's entirely new. Uh, you can, you've got like the four core classes, you can just play an old school adventure with those right away. Start in a couple of minutes. Yep. We have, where were those classes? Cause I thought this was interesting. You have the, um, Oh, poop. I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it pulled up here. Okay. You have the warrior, the rogue, the mage, 
and the zealot. I thought that was yeah. an interesting title for your, for your, I guess the cleric essentially. It was, uh, it was definitely a, a title where I was trying to think for a while of what would be, what would be the encompassing term for uh, a class that essentially can become one of three archetypes. Every one of these classes can become three things or an infinite number of things. And, you know, the zealot is the one that feeds into, you've got the paladin, the priest, and the prophet who, if those sound familiar, because, you know, they're sort of filling these roles of, okay, you can go from a zealot, a character who is fighting for, really passionately for this cause they believe on a deep level. They can become um, something that resembles like that sort of like literal historical zealot in, in, or crusader archetype in, in the paladin. You've got a priest and you've got uh, or I'm sorry, you've got a, you've got a druid who is doing you know classic druid things, except in a very different way here with the way that nature spirits work. Or you can go into prophet, which is a very glog inspired thing. What if you had um, think of a cleric who actually has a system for communing with the gods and for requesting miracles? And this is a sort of thing that is dynamic and not necessarily just working like wizard magic works. You're not picking from a picking from a list in the same way. You're you're doing spells that are not always predictable. They are, um, and and that have uh, all sorts of variable effects with a, a dice-based system. Excellent, excellent. That's cool. So I want to know about the mechanics of this. Like, if I'm going to run this, are there any base roles or things that I'm going to need to know when getting into this? Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's very D20 inspired at the core. And we've we're just down, we're just down to four stats here. I'm I'm a big fan of, of consolidation <laughs> where possible. So we got we got like force, we got finesse, we got wit and will. So yeah, it, it's still got a very high degree of like old school compatibility, but while trying to keep things very streamlined and all along that sort of, you know, slightly more modern, you know, D20 based difficulty check approach, but where those are sort of fixed numbers for the most part, based on the type of challenge and players know what they're getting into and can kind of plan for that keeps things flexible, but at its core, really doing the OSR thing of, you know, roles are only if we have to, we're really trying to create, create a, create a system where creative play and problem solving are, are above everything else here. Excellent. Excellent. I like that. So what are the, what is it that you're, when you're, when you're, approaching this and you're putting this together i'm curious what is it that you were attempting to essentially accomplish with a with a, a new fantasy system yeah i i really really just wanted something uh for i had all the all these players especially coming from 5e and from and from pathfinder newer systems who were really curious about old school play and and really wanting to know what this was all about and all especially all the adventures like there's so many good modules for these but that just often found a lot of a lot of things about like like found it really hard to even figure out what original D and D was, or found it difficult to get into the books for whatever reason. I wanted to have something that you can literally just pick up this book and start playing with the first page or two, and it, and that's um, I really was focused on design above everything else in the in, in the physical aspect of the book. In some ways, like this will take you through. You can get there in a couple minutes to get an adventure going in just about the first uh, six pages or first six pages will get you through all the rules and then you're to the item tables. And then the farther you go, if you want to keep reading, you learn how to build your own classes. You learn, you get these advanced archetypes. You get into the adventure that's in here, which is probably the thing that I'm, I'm proudest of as like as both a, a new teaching dungeon and something that is meant to be uh, challenging for veteran parties. It, uh, it's all those things in Manor Cambio, and of course you don't. You've got the best, the bestiary and everything else. So it's really just meant. It's, I, I wanted to create a book that 
you didn't have to do a lot of flipping back and forth that you were that you would just immediately be able to get from the basics and then layer onto that whatever you wanted your game to be for your table launch into this adventure launch into whatever adventure you want create your own with the tool sets uh that that sort of freedom there and the tools like I, I, i've been flipping through your the website here looking at all okay this. I'm curious about some of the things that you have here that's available on the site. So if someone wants to go check it out and try to jump into it and get into it, can you tell yeah. them what they can expect to see here? So right now they can get, there's just a couple of tools on there. You've got, you got a dice roller, you've got some character generators that get you, get you with some simple ones running and, and you know, the, the standard player sheets and things like that. Uh, by the time this goes up, there will also be some brand new maps uh, and player maps for Manor Cambio, the the, the counter-colonial heist crawl that's <laughs> in here. Uh, there will be uh, pretty soon a, a rich encounter generator. One of the things that this book uh, does is I've, I've taken a lot of hints from one of my all-time favorite adventures of the OSR, Hot Springs Island, um, which has just these, these beautiful, rich encounter builders uh, that create these really dynamic environments and monsters and NPCs that interact with each other, including uh, not just the players as they come. And, um, and there'll sort of be a generator tool for, for those sort of encounters going up very soon. Um, and yeah, a couple other things down the pipeline in the next few weeks. And I want to rewind just a second here. You said something that I would like to hear more about. The counter-colonial sure. heist crawl? Is that what you called it? Yes. Uh, and I <laughs> don't believe I'm the first person to incorporate the counter-colonial crawl of some sort. I call this a heist crawl because you've got <laughs> Manor, Cam Manor Cambio is a manor. You are you are uh, trying to rescue this imprisoned rebel from an imperial administrator, like a local regional governor's dungeon. Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got this huge, big, well-guarded, absurd, um, absurd building in, in the middle of this like tropical forest uh, region that is not abandoned. It's not all dead. It's heavily guarded. It's got like a lot of living things going on, and at court, and you know you've got like diplomats and envoys coming through there and a lot of armed guards, but you've got secret ways in, you've got lots of options for everything from diplomacy to bribery to violence. And it's really meant to be uh, this, this sort of set piece for teaching players right off the bat that they don't just have to, you know, they don't just have to roll into encounters. They don't just have to try to combat their way through. Uh, it is, it's meant to be a puzzle box. They can take apart however they like. And, ev and I've run this with probably six or seven parties at this point since play testing in live play, roll 20, text play by post. And it has been such a joy seeing the different ways people come up with to blow this place open, seeing new players' eyes light up, especially when they realize that there is all, like, no matter which path they take into this or which way they attempt to crack the nut, they're going to find um, their entirely own awesome way of approaching the adventure. So that, that's kind of why I love GMing in the first place and why I love old school GMing, especially. But. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I like seeing the creative stuff that players come up with. That's one of the reasons I get frustrated when everything in the game is determined by a die. Like, oh, just roll the die to see what mm -hmm. happens. I don't want to see what the die has. Like, like, yes or no with a die isn't that interesting. I like to see what the players come up with. Yeah. When they surprise me, I have I find it more interesting as a dungeon master. See what they do. Throw me for a curve. That's where I'm on that. <laughs> totally with you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about I, I'm curious and this is something just I just like to ask a lot of the creators sure. on here. How did you get to make from like get into playing to the point to where you're making your own game out there? Uh, pro probably a pretty 
standard path on that. I used to do um, a lot of uh, indie video game design and like uh, little text adventures and things and, oh. and on, online strategy games. Back when I was a teenager, I used to work with uh, my siblings and, and some friends on a bunch of those and uh, gotten to, uh, I, I was in one of those households. We were not allowed to play role playing growing up. D&D was, you know, oh, satan- know. satanic panic. I know yeah, you just did an, ep- did an episode on that. Yeah, that's a world we're familiar uh, with here. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it was, we, we, we were doing things like didn't know how a role-playing game was supposed to work, but we were coming up with our own attempts, you know, to <laughs> get sort of, uh, LARPing going and we knew dice were supposed to figure in somehow, but it, but it didn't really wind up being a big part. And then, uh, then in college, I started getting into, you know, the, the more traditional ways in, uh, and I, uh, I started hanging out on forums for a bunch of publishers. I actually wound up, um, Get it based on just some like foreign conversations. Wound up being asked to work on some adventures with a few of the uh, of one one of the publishers. I don't want to name at this point because of uh, because of things that have come to light about uh, about it in, in the many in the many years since. But um, basically, yeah, I got started doing adventures and got started doing home table stuff. And I don't know, just more than anything, working with my players and the sort of things they come up with, like you said, you just, the, the stuff that happens at the table, oh, yeah. really wanting to, to, to carry that forward. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've, I'm now, now doing my own stuff, got other adventures coming down the line and just having a blast with it. So what all do you have planned for the future? Uh, got a handful of other adventures working on a, a full blown out version of Manor Cambio to come out along with those Web tools. It's going to be. I want it to be something that you can um, that that you can run entirely by the book, old fashioned style. But if you want to have stuff that's going to like automate, like oh, you know, what's going on in the world? What are the monsters doing? What are the NPCs and factions doing? Here's where everybody is at any point. It's not making the game for you. It's just helping you keep track of it and run where things are. So that's coming down. And then yeah, a handful of a handful of other adventures in in this similar similar setting that are uh, one, one is like a small, small border town with a, uh, with a monstrous secret underneath, you know, like a classic stuff like that. And a handful of uh, a handful of hex crawls. Well, that sounds like that's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming close to time here. Could you tell the listeners where they can find your game online or any, any of your stuff online and where they might be able to pick it up either on either the site or in print and anything else? Absolutely. Uh, they can find me at Caleb Wimble on Twitter. They can find Sojourn at SojournRPG.net, which has links going out to everywhere. You can pick it up, uh, the PDF on, on itch, itch.io, where you can also get a, a pay-what-you-will version. There's free community copies if, if you need them. You can get the print book on Lulu and Amazon right now. And uh, and yeah, you can also grab the PDF on DriveThru if, if you prefer. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's been good having you on and talking to you. But that's about all we have time for today. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Logar. Thanks for coming on. And if you enjoyed what you've heard, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We're on Patreon. We could use any support we can get. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling.